1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another round table. Today, we are talking about the Commander Legends episode that just came out. And, of course, we are joined by the one and only Joe Johnson, returning to Game Nights, and brand-new competitor, Rachel Weeks. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, if you guys haven't seen the episode yet, stop watching this one, because then you'll know what happened. No.
2: Yeah, yeah. there's no way to do these shows without uh, some amount of spoilers. Actually, a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> it's exclusively spoilers. Yeah. It's literally all spoilers. <laughs> it's the spoiler show. It's <laughs> all spoilers.
2: I mean, come on. Now. Yeah. So go watch the episode and then come back and uh, hear us talk about the spoilers. The, the goal of these roundtable shows is to discuss the most asked questions or most commented-on moments uh, that we see on Twitter, Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, most of the comments are pulled from the YouTube comments. So uh, I want to say, if you ever want to get your comments, see your name in lights. Whoa. Then... <laughs> The best way to do that is to comment on the episode in like the first 24 hours, because that's when we gather all the stuff that we're going to talk about, because we shoot this very soon after the episode comes out. Yeah. Um,
1: and if you comment first, we won't feature that. Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that one probably won't make the cut.
3: <laughs> uh, the following followers commented first. first. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a
1: long time. Somehow, 800 of
2: you yeah, were all, all first. all first. <laughs> uh, and one disclaimer here. We're not calling anyone stupid or dumb for asking the questions that they ask. Uh, I always say this, but the fact that there's confusion around certain things I think is uh, our fault as the quote-unquote filmmakers. A lot of stuff is like, oh, we probably should have explained that better. So <laughs> Sorry. so we're very professional here at the command zone. And our phones are just going off. <laughs>
1: I was trying to turn it down, and I turned it up.
2: <laughs> so... Yeah, so don't feel bad if your comment is featured for something where we're like, actually, that's incorrect. Uh, it's good that you pointed out. Usually, actually, we won't show anything, really, unless a lot of people had the same thought. So, okay, let's go right into it here. Some general questions to start off. Uh, a lot of people asking why we chose the commanders that we chose. So I figured it'd be nice to just go around the table here and kind of explain, like, why you picked the commanders that you picked. So, Jody, you want to start off? Oh,
4: I mean, I've been following the lore between Jessica and Kamal since they came out, and I, I just thought it was a really cool flavor to, like, hey, they can be partners. <laughs> why not bring them back together? So, I mean, pop them in there, brother and sister. They hate each other. <laughs> but, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but they also work really but well they together. Work really well. So it's <laughs> like, hey, might as well throw
4: it in there, a little flavor. And I love gruel, so, hey, why not?
2: Was that a thing where, because we send out um, basically a list of a bunch of, we didn't, I don't think we did every single one because there's so many legendary creatures, this right, one, but right. like fifty yeah. legendary creatures. Would what, what, did you just gravitate towards them right away, or did you? You can oh, anything else. As soon as I saw Jessica and what she did, I was like, yes.
4: And then I <laughs> looked down and I was like, wait, Kamal's in the set? You okay. the partner too? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Were you going alphabetically? So it was literally J and then K. Oh! I was like, wait, 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 wait,
3: <laughs> to each <other." laughs>
4: That's great. It was good times. Uh, how about you, Rachel?
3: Oh, man. I... Uh... I guess it was sort of I saw Rogue Rock and I was like, what can I do with this weirdo? <laughs> um, uh, I I also play like a, a lot of aggro strategies. I, I love swinging. Like right now, my favorite thing to do in EDH is swing with a Vigilant Flyer because you just <laughs> never feel safer. Um, right. So uh, this deck sort of lent itself to that. And I really thought they were a funny combo. This like zero mana uncommon and this seven mana mythic and they all have all these keywords um yeah I, I really thought they were sort of an odd couple
1: was there any consideration because it ended you up in boros that you were coming to game nights and boros hasn't you know classically had you know in edh a strong standing
3: sure i um i love playing boros i play a lot of aggro i love the boros strategy um so i definitely think i was like equipped to do it justice if I did it. I was really worried. I was just going to get blown out. (laughs) I was like, there is a possibility. I just lose.
1: (laughs) Very nice. Uh, i got to talk about mine. I decided to play Tevish Zai and Sakashima. One, I love clones in Magic. It's one of my favorite mechanics is to copy someone else's stuff. Someone was like, Jimmy, didn't play any red this episode. It's like, well, I did. I played other people's red (laughs) cards. Um, You have three to pick from.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: And I also really like the idea of resetting clones. And so Tevish saw being able to sacrifice Sakashima, which is something that I don't think you would normally do because it's your commander. But that, to me, was really cool. You get to draw an extra card and recast Sakashima later on. Uh, I didn't go so much into the mirror gallery aspect of the uh, Legends rule. doesn't apply to permits you Control uh, because you can only cl- clone your own stuff. So I do have some legendary creatures in there that Sakashima can copy. But for the most part, it was about flickering, redoing clones, and having a nice flexible grip over the table.
2: <laughs> I saw Tago... A uh, long time ago, because we helped playtest the set, and I just love the rocks. <laughs> I don't know why. I was yeah. just like, I just want to throw rocks at people. So then that's, Togo's basically a landfall deck, so I was like, well, I have to have green with that to really make this work, and Kodama was just a natural fit for that. Obviously works well. There are some combo stuff with, like, play a land, makes a rock, which allows you, with Kodama's trigger, to put another land and play another rock. That didn't happen in the game, obviously. Uh, by the time I got Kodama out, I couldn't do any of those shenanigans because yeah, I didn't have the was cards. Yeah, like it
1: turn 20 by the time yeah. you played it, I feel like.
2: But I thought, well, if I could make that happen, that'll be fine too, but mostly I just want right. to trigger, you know, and get as many rocks as possible. Um, there was a lot of people who asked... Uh, specifically why did everyone play a partner deck and this is not something that was planned when we sent the list there were the other commanders on there but we don't tell people like hey you have to play this Mm -hmm. it's literally like here's the list what's exciting to you I'd rather have you build something that you think is cool and exciting than assign things where people are like I don't really like this so that's kind of the answer to why everybody played partners everybody just naturally wanted to play a partner like did you consider any of the solo commanders do you remember
3: Um. Yes, it came down to uh, a couple of the partners, and I was looking at Zara, which is Uh the the flying uh, pirate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really love that you can use all like the telepathy effects and the look at the top card of your deck. Deck cards, I think, is really fun.
2: Our editors are happy that you didn't choose that actually because those that's yeah. a, those kind of effects yeah. are really hard to do. Yeah, yep. on the show. <laughs> I mean, we would have been like, okay, fine, we'll figure it we'll out. Figure but it yeah. Out. yeah, 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 First time for everything. But thank you. <laughs> You're yeah, it is kind of funny. Everybody just gravitated towards partners. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the partners are just so cool, and there's so many possibilities. That it just makes it like, well, if I choose this, I still have 30 other choices I can make right now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and also you have to play Tago, so (laughs) (laughs) how how could you not play Tago and Rog Rock or think the flavor wins of the set? Uh, Though a
2: lot of people were asking why we didn't play draft. So this is the first ever, you know, commander booster box set that is meant to be drafted. And there were a number of comments saying like, oh, I wish you would have played draft. Uh, Jimmy, do you want to cover why we didn't play Draft?
1: Well, it's interesting because Josh and I, if you remember, viewers of the show who are five-year viewers know that our first like three or four episodes, two of them were just literally a set review for Conspiracy because Josh and I love Drafting and Conspiracy was, I'd say, the precursor to Commander Legends in terms of a multiplayer Draft. We've also done Draft occasionally, uh, uh, talked times. about it on the show as well as played on Game Nights and the... <laughs> the feedback we get is not fun <laughs> because people it's it's one of those like you can't have it both ways but you want to have it both ways where people demand that we don't play draft and play commander with our own homebrew decks or people say why didn't you play draft we would love to have seen it so instead of receiving all the negative feedback i think it's just always a safer choice and in this case you know what we were more interested in especially for this set to play a regular commander game because the partners are so cool yeah yeah, yeah.
2: it's called commander legends we're a commander channel. I mean, I don't even want to know the wailing and the gnashing of teeth that would have occurred if we would have drafted. Like, yeah, there was just no option for us to really do that. Now, could we do that in some future content? Maybe. I will say the next uh, episode of Extra Turns is the solo—we we all played solo um, commanders. commanders, not non-partners, because we knew everything in this episode yeah. was going to be partners, and we wanted to cover some of those. Uh,
1: so there's no current plans to do a draft for this set, but— Jimmy and I love drafts, so I could see us doing that at some point yeah. in the future. And we do multiplayer magic on game nights often, so it's not out of the realm of possibility.
2: Are you uh, both drafters? Do you, Are you looking forward to drafting this set at some I point? I actually am. Uh, this is like
4: one of the first sets where I was like, you know what? I can get down with this.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I i bought a bunch of sealed product that I'm gonna sit on until it's like safer to gather with with people to to right. draft.
2: Yeah. Okay. You know how to get a hold of us when you have those. And
3: we're out.
2: all gonna be the beneficiary of it. <laughs>
5: Yay.
2: <laughs> all right. Let's get into some rules based questions about the actual game on game nights. Uh We may as well start with the biggest one, the one that was the most commented on, the one that everybody noticed. And yes, we completely got this wrong. Uh, It is the Morag misplay, as we're calling it. Jimmy, do you want to read
1: Morag? Sadly, yes. <laughs> Morog Fury of Akum, 4 red red for a 6-6 Legendary Minotaur Warrior. That's all it says. Incredible. Uh, okay, it says, <laughs> first line of text, each creature you control gets plus 1, plus 0 oh for each time it has attacked this turn. And then the second line of text is Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of that combat, untap all creatures you control.
2: So talk about wording a card that's completely differently worded (laughs) than all other cards that are like this card, right? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So what's different about this card is the fact that it creates an additional combat phase that's after the phase you're in. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of that combat phase, you untap your creatures. Whereas most additional combat phase cards create an additional combat phase after the combat, fa- the regular combat phase yep. and untap your creatures at that point. All right. Uh, so landfall, extra combat steps. Oh my. All right. I'll play a Spire Garden, which triggers mirage.
3: That's bad.
1: So you have another... Two
2: Two combats. And then
4: I'm going to tap two to explore.
2: Oh, oh
1: crap. Crap!
4: Oh no. I'll draw a card, and then I get to play an additional land, and I'll play Taiga, which triggers Mirage. So I have two additional combat phases.
1: Oh my.
3: Yikes. Now we know Joe's gonna have three combats, and I just hit him for 18 damage. I don't know who's gonna die here, but it might be all of us. Okay. That is
4: not
5: good.
2: Let's go to combat. So, because Joe played his Morag and then got two lands into play before he went to his first combat step, the way that this should have worked is that you've got two Morag triggers, right? On the first Morag trigger, it says, okay, at the beginning of this combat phase, untap your creatures. Well, they're already untapped because you haven't gone to combat. So Joe attacks. And then it says, oh, your second Morag trigger, untap your creatures, and Joe attacks. And then it says, okay, now you're in your regular combat phase. Well, your regular combat phase, you do not get to untap your creatures beforehand. So shouldn't have gotten the third attack basically yeah anybody who plays arena evidently would know this because you may you probably ran into it by like screwing it up
3: we've all had a morag misplay uh,
2: (laughs) i haven't played a lot of arena evidently since end rising came out i think i've played against this card only a couple times but the person must have just used it right or
1: wrong and i don't really remember because we assumed obviously it worked in a certain way yeah this is teaching you to play lands in your second main phase (laughs) <laughs> because that's when you're supposed it's to be getting the Morog triggers yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a hard lesson to learn
2: it's a little i'm not sure why they templated this way when all the other cards that are like this aren't templated this way mm-hmm. right there must be some kind of reason i'm, I'm not sure anyone I, have a theory
3: <laughs> i think it's just so if you play lands in your second main phase you benefit from it still is is my guess right um, oh, so it doesn't
2: force you to it doesn't force, force you, you to play your lands in the, in the exactly. first first
3: main phase that's my guess um,
2: Clearly designed, I think, by tournament players who, yeah, you don't want a card that forces you to play what they would consider to be incorrectly, right? Right. right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, uh, but it, 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 They also like really worried, worded it around, sort of the animist and all of these like attack triggers that put lands into play yeah. to keep it from going infinite. So. I, I think that kind of got, uh, was like that part sense. of it. What's I think that's the why the main yeah. phase um, thing got added. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, it, okay. they can't just do a straight landfall trigger. Ah.
2: Okay, so let's talk about how big of a deal we think this mistake that we made was because Jimmy does die to basically a to Xaxis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, any additional life that Jimmy has maybe changes the outcome of the game. So now I'll go to my first combat,
1: and
4: the only logical play is swing at Jimmy
1: with my Rada. 4-3 first strike? Yeah. Okay, well I'll block with my Solemn Simulacrum, and then before damage is dealt, I'm going to sack the Solemn with Yawgmoth, pay one life, targeting your Bastion Protector. So it's going to get a minus one minus one counter. And then I'm going to draw two cards from Yawgmoth as well as Solemn dying. Nice. Then
4: I will go to my second combat. Mm-hmm. I will swing at you, Jimmy, for five first strike.
2: Oh, Morag pumps it for each time it's attacked this turn. That's cool.
4: Okay,
1: I won't block this. I will go to 26. And I'll get a third combat.
4: And Jimmy, I'll swing at you again for six.
1: <laughs> Poor Jimmy. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> getting uh, whaled upon. I'll take six damage and go from 26 to 20.
4: And I believe that is all she wrote past the turn.
2: So, I don't know. What do y'all think? How how big of a deal is this? I don't think it was that big of a deal, honestly. <laughs> wait, I ha,
3: mean... <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, I got some. Wait, really? <laughs> 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 I don't
3: know. <laughs> I mean, it's six damage, right? Yeah. Is, is what the last is attack what, was? It depends
2: yeah. on how you interpret how we would have, if we caught it in the moment, right. reacted to it.
3: I, I think if we had just known how Murag worked, he would have played at second main. Yeah. Right. Like, and it still would have been three attacks. And it still would have been all of that damage. Same. and Which is um,
2: exactly what we would have done and I yeah. think most commander tables would do, right? It's like, right. Morag, Black, blank, and are like, no, eh, that doesn't cool. work. And are like, okay, hold on. I was confused about how this worked. Yeah. Right, would you mind right. if I did this and almost every commander game I've ever been in, they'd be like, like yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not like... It, it's just a mistake with a card with wording that's not like you went two turns later and then want to rewind, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think yeah. the only real mistake would have been if I knew and maybe I should have known that Joe was going to attack me three times to block the third attack because yeah. the power gets boosted by one each attack step. So then I would have saved a little bit of damage there and that might have mattered. So if anything, the misplay was more on me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's interesting to think
2: about because I remember in the moment me thinking like, uh, if he gets one extra attack, I'm probably just gonna let it happen because I wasn't in danger until really the third attack when everything was huge, because I had yeah. like a seventeen seventeen, a Shy and a bunch of dragon eggs. So I was like, I actually want him to attack me. And then <laughs> Some Dragos, yeah. Yeah, and then I can <laughs> chaos warp something if he you know. So I thought like right before the third attack, maybe I'll get rid of Kamal so you don't get to plus nine, plus nine. Plus six, plus six looked okay. Gotcha. Actually would have been fine for Rachel because uh, A chroma pumps every combat as well.
3: Yeah, I would have had big. Inder- there, she was still indestructible, indestructible. at that yeah. point. Yeah, so. so
2: Jimmy might have just died. <laughs> nice. But yeah. but when you do the third uh, landfall or the th- got, the second landfall that got the third attack, my brain just went, okay, that's crazy. Let's just stop Sweet. it now. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I don't hindsight think... is
1: 2020 in this. Yeah. Case. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. I think realistically, it doesn't change the game much because if we did know how it worked, we would have just
1: had Joe. You know, redo the play it quote unquote correctly, yeah, Yeah. or just attack and then play explore land, land, yeah, exactly. But
3: if the question is, is sick, does six life make a difference? Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah, absolutely would have. Yeah. absolutely
1: you right, you made right, a difference. Right. Small note, the yeah, Akroma though, some
3: people are like, oh, Akroma triggers every
1: combat. And it's like, you're right. But if we showed that every single time, you would hear so many bloop, bloop, bloops, you might go crazy. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah there was, there's no reason to show the chroma trigger unless it's going to be relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, Jake and Murph were going to come in here with stabbing devices at me. <laughs> it's like, why do we have to show that every time if it doesn't matter? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that don't affect the game, I think this next one was an error on our part, but absolutely doesn't really affect anything Uh, so it was Dockside Extortionist when I played it I only asked how many artifacts people had and it counts artifacts and enchantments Ah. I think in my brain I was like I just verse. nobody's got any enchantments and then totally forgot that Jimmy did have an indestructible enchantment that lived through verse. yes Thassa was chilling out there big time and then I'm going to tap two using my rock and make a Dockside Extortionist pay up Ooh. So how many yeah, how many artifacts does everybody have? Two over here. Five over here. Zero for me. Okay, so that's seven treasure I'm gonna make. Uh oh. So I should have got eight treasures instead of seven. Maybe that was one more damage somewhere in there.
3: Maybe. You had so many artifacts.
2: Yeah, I don't remember ever being like, boy, I wish I had just one, one more, more artifact because I could do this. So yeah. right. I don't think it probably mattered at all. But technically, I should have had eight and not seven.
1: Yeah, the only time your artifact count really, really mattered was the turn that you killed me, I think, because you had to have exacties then for yeah. the ether grid. And didn't really matter at that point because all the treasure had gotten bounced
2: already. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's talk about so so those are the the errors we actually made. That those We were totally wrong about those two things. Um, the next ones are things that I think a lot of people thought we got wrong, but we probably just didn't explain correctly or the card is confusing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the next one is the Mirage Mirror Misunderstanding. Um, we have a clip for this one. Let's go ahead and play it. All right. And then I'm going to cast Calming Verse. Oh, gosh, destroy all enchantments? Correct. <laughs> oh, no. It, it happens? Yeah. 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 Right. I can't do anything. Nice. Jeez. Oh, so, mana reflection,
1: defense of the heart, and legion's initiative down. I feel very calm now. Wow. Okay. So, I guess I should read Mirage Mirror. Uh, it's a three mana artifact, and you can pay two. Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn.
2: Yeah. So, when I played Calming <laughs> Verse, a lot of people were like, hey, wait jimmy copied mana reflection
1: that's an enchantment why doesn't calming verse kill the mirage mirror well mirage mirror is a mirage mirror at that point and it's an artifact because it's until end of turn so if i wanted to i could have paid two mana if i had it to make it a copy of uh the the mana reflection when josh cast calming verse but that would be dumb (laughs) so we see we saw you
2: use it that ability to dodge removal Mm -hmm, later you turned it into a land land yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah absolutely
1: this card is awesome.
2: It's It was Soviet. so
3: powerful in that game, B- blown away. <laughs> Every time you
2: activate it, I was like, oh, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have played my Zendikar Resurgent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not to
1: mention, this is the card that also stole that victory from you uh, in the Euro game as well. Uh, no, so it's not talk it's, about it's, it. a, it's a solid card. No misunderstanding it's the there. the bane of my existence, that Rajmir card. rocks. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the next thing,
2: which was some sort of uh, some math... Uh, confusion here. A
1: math stake?
2: Yeah, it's Jessica and Rada. So Jess, do you want to read Jessica's middle ability there? Uh, or her, her plus ability? Her, her zero, zero. Her zero, yeah.
4: yeah. It says, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead.
2: So there's a turn here where Uh, You point that ability at your Rada. Right. Rada gets pumped by Kamal, so it's a 6-6 with trample and going to deal triple damage. In fact, we have a clip. Let's play the clip. All right.
3: So only the damage to me is tripled, right?
2: That's correct.
3: Of course, Joe attacks me with the biggest creature he's got that deals triple damage. I have to put something in front of that. Otherwise, I'm taking 18 here. I will put my Keeper of the Cord in front of Rada. My Keeper of the Accord will die to first strike damage. Then I will take six damage because it is tripled. Going to 33.
1: Ah, but Josh, the wording you said triple damage is not actually entirely accurate. And I think this is where a big misunderstanding came from. Rada only cares about the damage that is actually dealt to the opponent. So if you stop any of it or mitigate any of it, you're only taking the damage dealt before you triple it. So people are like, why did Rachel only take six? It's because you blocked. Mm Mm-hmm. Good block.
3: And that is why I blocked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people are thinking you should take
2: 14 there.
3: Right. So I took, um, he, he's one with the 6-6 six, six trample. I blocked four of it. So two of the damage tramples over, and that's the damage that gets tripled. So it's that's where the six comes from there.
2: Yeah, so Rada doesn't deal triple damage to the Keeper of the Accord yeah. because it doesn't deal triple damage to creatures. Mm-hmm. Just so it's not like 18 and only four of it got blocked. Right. Yeah. It's so, six and then four of it got blocked, then two gets tripled.
3: Yeah. yeah. It was the difference between taking yeah six damage and 18 damage was blocking with that creature.
2: Worth it, even though Keeper of the Accord yeah. was an all-star.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, How many lands have you gotten off of that at that point? I had three in a soldier token. <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's amazing. That's nuts. Yeah. You know, I don't even care about the soldier token. I know. Well, the soldier <laughs> token
3: was actively a problem. Yeah, oh, yeah, cuz in defense of the showed up from the defense of the heart. for like, "Get out of here." What are you doing? I'm here.
1: It's
2: like, "Yes,
4: yes."
1: It's like, "I thought you liked value though." You can never get anything right.
2: I mean, for a Boros deck, that card single-handedly made it so that I don't think it ever felt like you had you were low on lands compared to the rest of the table.
3: No, I, I specifically because I mean, you two are Gruul decks, but particularly Landfall decks. Yep. So you had ramped really hard. And Jimmy then played Solemn so much. Jimmy, like, like times. so much. I think if I hadn't had Keeper, I think I would have just been way behind. Yeah. I wouldn't have had the mana to do the Austere Command and cast my Commander as right. many times as I did.
2: Well, and activate Slayer Stronghold um, so much. And activate
3: Slayer Stronghold, which takes three mana every turn. Um, three mana. That's it. Slayer stronghold it. existed he made it, and worked yeah. because he made of that it keeper. Happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like complaints about keeper of the court. Like people want a lot more like um, white cards that don't depend on your opponents being ahead uh-huh. because it's not good when you're behind or when you when you're, you, when head, you're ahead. You are, excuse you are, right. me, but you're playing white. You're always yeah. behind. You're behind. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely behind. I play a lot of white. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think keeper of the
2: court is like a very
3: very I, good I card. Think very it's, I think it. it's very powerful and put in a lot of work in that game.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the next. uh complaints that
1: people had <laughs>
2: everybody's a comedian <laughs> this, is so a
3: misplay, this is a misplay yeah, I think this is yeah. a mis- <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely a flavor fail <laughs> so I
2: had a lot of rocks on the battlefield and then I played inspiring statuary uh, we have a clip let's play the clip and then I'm gonna play aspiring statuary Oh, no. Oh, so now you can tap your rocks for mana. Aha! Those rocks, they look a lot better when they're tapping for mana, which is basically what this card allows me to do. And just like that, I feel like I'm virtually caught up with Jimmy and Joe and how much mana they have access to every single turn. So you'll notice, during that clip, there was something that was not said. It's two words. Mana rocks. rocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was about a million comments about it. Like, yep. I can't believe that, Josh, you didn't say
1: they were mana rocks. Yeah. It was either that or a reference to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So <laughs> yeah. you missed both. But I think mana rocks <laughs> is definitely the one that was like, it just stares you in the face. I can't believe all of us missed it. Not just you. All of us could have been like, <laughs> ah, they're mana rocks. But no one said it. I think we probably did say it and they just cut it out.
3: I was going to yeah. say, I feel like we riffed a lot on rocks. Right. Uh, and we were just like, oh, we said mana rock. Two hours ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, Rachel, you're a stand-up. You, you, yeah. you shouldn't reuse material, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: that's
1: that's my bad, by the way. I take it. I take
2: full responsibility. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Can't believe <laughs> well, I, I I'm fine didn't with see that. it. Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a little bit of confusion at another point in the game, um, and I think it has to do with how the passing of phases works. So this is when I chaos warp Joe's Kamal before he goes to combat. So you're gonna see in the clip here that Joe starts to go to combat and I say wait before combat and then do the thing. So let's play the clip. Let's go to combat. Okay, before combat. Oh. I am going to Chaos Warp. <gasps> oh! <laughs> oh, no. Targeting Kamal. All
4: right, Kamal will die. Oh, right, wow. I'll send him back to my command zone.
3: Not bad.
4: Okay. And then I'm just going to pay six and play an Ancient Green Warden.
1: That's pretty good. Wow. And so Josh, you notably are doing this to Kamal because Kamal has a, at the beginning of combat on your turn, trigger. Uh, so that means that you need to do this before he even enters the combat phase. And combat phase is, I think, one of the most misunderstood phases in Magic because there are six additional, like there's like a 20 additional phases. <laughs> Reconnaissance, people always get that mixed yeah, up as well. Yeah. So let's talk about passing of phases and how it works.
2: Well, hold. yeah, I want to explain what the confusion oh, yeah, was. Yeah, so yeah. what happens is I do that, and then Joe's like, oh crap. My original plan's out the window with Kamal gone, so hang on. I'm going to do some stuff. Ends up playing Ancient Green Warden and then going to combat. And uh, we already talked about the part where he gets too many combat steps. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the confusion from a lot of people was like, wait, if you're in combat, why can Joe cast Ancient Green Warden if it doesn't have Flash or something, right? And so I think the confusion is around how the passing of phases work. Rachel, do you want to uh, give a little tutorial <laughs> here it. on how... Yeah, on why Joe's able to sort of stay in his main phase there.
3: Sure. I mean, when you say you're going to combat, you're asking permission to go to combat, right? You don't just so, get to hit a
2: button and you're in combat. You're, you're in saying, combat. Hey, <laughs> yeah. everybody, is it okay?
3: Like, okay, we're now all together moving to combat. And Josh said, stop, wait, we're going to do something before we all go to combat. And then we're still in, that, in the main phase there. So... Uh, priority goes back to Joe to decide if he wants to re-ask the table for permission to go to combat.
1: Yeah. And Joe said, no, hold on. No, we're going to play
3: something else. Let me stay in
1: my main phase. A similar situation that happens a lot is uh, triggers that are, like, at the beginning of your end step. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you have a trigger in that and you want to do something before that, you actually have to do it in your second main phase before you go to the end step. Uh, and then when you do that, you're giving everyone again one last chance to pass priority around the table and they can do things again during your uh, main phase. So that's similar to what happened here. A lot of times people will go like, okay, go to combat swing with this. And then you go, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm going to cast something to tap down your attacker.
3: Right. It's because yeah. there
1: are other phases uh, before combat really starts. And when you're still in that first main phase, you just, again, you pass priority before you go to the next thing.
2: Yeah. When you say go to combat, it's not like you leaned forward towards combat and now you're tumbling towards it with no ability (laughs) to stop and somebody just happens to slide something in there real quick. No, you're saying, can we go to combat? And it's a we, right? And the other players have to agree to it, and they agree to it by saying, I have nothing else I want to do. But if they say, there is something I want to do, then you go, oh, okay, well, since you did that, let me decide if I still want to go to combat or if I want to make an action before we actually go because now I've got priority again. So, yeah, easy to... Easy to misunderstand how that works, but it works for all the phases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go on to another thing that has to do with Ancient Green Warden here. So, we don't have a clip for this one because... Uh, it's about the wording. Yeah, it's about the wording. But there was a lot of people who noticed that Joe had Ancient Green Warden on the battlefield, and he played Horn of Greed at the same time. And Jimmy has both cards in front of him.
1: Do you want to read the important parts of the text for Ancient Green Warden here? Yeah, so Ancient Green Warden is a big creature that says you may play lands from your graveyard, and if a land entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. And then Horn of Greed says whenever a player plays a land, that player draws a card. So you might look at this and go like, holy moly, Ancient Green Warden doubles up the Horn of Greed, but Horn of Greed specifically said whenever a player plays a land, not whenever a land enters the battlefield under a player's control. So that wouldn't trigger Ancient Green, Horn of Greed is only when you play a land in some fashion from your hand or through some other effects. Yeah, Horn
3: of Greed is sneaky because there's a lot of like putting lands onto the battlefield that doesn't trigger Horn of Greed. The the land off of a fetch doesn't trigger Horn of Greed. Um, It's tricky wording there for sure.
2: Yeah, it's it's really specifically worded to get around, like, getting extra lands off or extra card draw off of, like, fetch lands <laughs> mm-hmm. and rampant growths and things. Uh, but, it yeah, it just doesn't care about enter the battlefield. Like, it just doesn't say that. And Ancient Gordon, Green Warden doesn't care about plays triggers. In fact, I checked this, uh, double-checked it with Sheldon Menery, who is the highest level judge. Actually, he's not still a judge, but he was a level five at one Emeritus. point. this That I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he described the Horn of Greed similar to what a cast trigger is versus an enter the battlefield trigger is,
4: yeah.
1: but for lands. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, if you did do that uh, incorrectly, you might say you were playing an ancient greed warden.
4: <laughs> <Hey-oh>.
1: <laughs> <Badoop>. <laughs> <laughs> the graphic at the bottom just became ancient greed warden.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who and says that? we miss puns?
1: Yeah. Who says Jimmy doesn't God. tell dad jokes? Brother
3: Rock. Okay, and with that, we're going to take a quick
1: break <laughs> to hear from our mid-roll sponsors, but we'll be right back
0: That's A-N-G-I dot
2: All right, we're back. It's the Game Nights Roundtable discussing the Commander Legends episode. We've got Rachel and Joe with us. Mm-hmm. We've got some more uh, sort of confusing parts of the game that people had questions about. This was a big one and it's one of those things where i think it makes you realize like oh yeah i've been playing magic for a long time and there's things i take for granted that are just not obvious to people Uh, and understandably show so i think we probably should have explained this in some way on the show but all of us didn't even think about it until we started seeing the comments and we're like it totally makes sense that it's confusing so uh i use gear per ether grid at one point in the game. I tap a bajillion artifacts to kill Jimmy's Tevish Zot.
1: And you clearly just shouldn't have. That's what the comments were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't have done done it. Yeah. Uh,
2: Let's play the clip here. And then using the Ether Grid, I'm gonna tap six, seven, eight using rocks and treasures and deal four damage directly to Tevish Zot. Come on. Right. So, if we look at Gira per Ether Grid here, Rachel, do you want to read it for everyone out there?
3: says, tap two untapped artifacts you control. Gear per aether grid deals one damage to target creature or player.
1: Ah.
2: Well, that's the problem there at the end. It says target creature or player. What gives? Why can I target a planeswalker with it? Joe, you want to take this one? Well, yeah. The errata uh, from, I guess, back in the day cards that
4: have, been, uh, have said target creature or player have been errata to any target so like a lightning bolt back in the days used to say three damage to a creature or player now it's any target Right.
1: And that's because when Planeswalkers first were invented, it didn't jive particularly well with the fact that a Planeswalker card exists. So instead, the rule was, if you're ever doing direct damage to a player, you may then redirect that damage to a Planeswalker instead. Which sort of added this interim weird step in the middle where you're like, I'm going to hit you, but actually I'm going to redirect that damage to your Planeswalker. Hmm. Uh, And so they just clarified it and cleared it up. And I think this is actually a better thing for Magic in general. Instead, it just says any target. So much nicer.
2: But confusing when you look at old cards. I think it's anything from Dominaria or before. Right. Yeah, because Planeswalker as a card type didn't exist for like the first 10 years of Magic. And so old cards like Lightning Bolt, Fireball didn't say Planeswalker on them, didn't know Planeswalkers would ever be a thing that existed. And so Mm -hmm. in a way to make those interact how they wanted to with Planeswalkers as an additional way to be able to get at them, Mm -hmm. they had to create the redirect rule. And then somewhere around Dominaria, they're like, "That's stupid because it's really confusing. So yeah. let's just errata those old
1: cards, and new cards will now say any target." Yeah, because originally, planeswalkers were meant to sort of be another player at the table, right. sort of like that was the idea, I think. And so you—that's why you like, can attack them. Yeah, you're. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But now they're just a thing. They're just a yeah. yeah. A well,
3: when you're a player, you're like, "I'm a planeswalker." Like right, that's right. so. So if it should hit a player, it's hitting a planeswalker already. Is mm-hmm. I think the idea.
2: Yeah. So it should say just target creature or planeswalker, and we should know that players are planeswalkers. Players are planeswalkers. Yeah, right, right. that makes sense.
1: Duh. Now it just says any target.
2: Maybe (laughs) next time we'll have to errat it it on screen. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so technically, to be clear, I did not cheat there, but it doesn't make sense with what we're reading. I don't know how how we're exactly supposed to address that in the show because I don't think it would be right for us to just change the text on the yeah. card at, to say something it doesn't say but at the same time we probably just should have addressed it in the interview portion We're like just have me come on or somebody come on and be I like I know it says creature or player
1: but in the new rules it's allowed to hit planeswalkers as well and then yeah And we reference like Oracle text or Gatherer is something that we'll link to you on Twitter or whatever someone asks about this. But you can always look online and the written text on Gatherer and a lot of like apps and stuff will have the new revised text. Whereas the card, I mean, if you look at like really old cards, like Sylvan Library is completely different than what it says now. (laughs) So it's important that we all, I mean, when we do like set reviews, Josh and I always try to read the Gatherer or the Oracle version of it just so there's no confusion. Jimmy tries to do that. I always forget and just read the card.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: at the beginning, but not at the end of this and that. Uh, flip seven coins. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Okay, uh, next up, oh, Josh, we have a rock cry question. Yes. So a lot of people were wondering, actually, let's let's play the clip uh, first because there are a couple of rocks that get thrown in this episode, and I love the animation. I love everything about it. I hate everything about it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see where the confusion stems from.
2: I'm going to tap one, two, three, four, five, and one of the treasures uh, using your per ether grid to do three damage to you, Jimmy. Okay, I'll go to 15. And then I'm going to tap four, sacrifice two treasures for two more mana, so six total. And I'm going to throw
1: all the rocks at you. How much is that? 12 damage. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay, then I go to three. <laughs> I just
2: realized you're the only recipient of rocks in this yeah. entire game. I'm like, none go at any. Because
5: <laughs> yeah. I rock. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I deserved it, clearly. Um... <laughs> people were wondering though can you still throw the rocks when they're tapped josh i thought that was kind of like i thought they had to tap to throw the rock
2: right so that was a, a bit of confusion here um the rocks give the creature there that is equipped with the rock the ability to tap and sacrifice the rock to deal the two damage so the rock itself doesn't care if it's tapped or not which is why i could tap it for inspiring statuary for mana and it doesn't change anything the rock's doing cause it, again, you can do this with, like, any equipment, really, most right. of the time. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of an equipment that cares if it's tapped or not.
3: Right, Urza's really gross with equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly,
2: because you? all your
1: equipment are mana. Like,
3: Specifically with just for blue mana, yeah. yeah. Flavor-wise, too,
1: <laughs> a rock is just still a rock even if it's on, like, another side, right? You can just throw it from any angle, yeah, so yeah, even yeah, if it does it get tapped. It. exactly. <laughs>
3: also, it feels like it's the action of throwing it, right? The rock doesn't throw itself, the creature does. Right. right. That was right.
1: deeper than I thought it <laughs> <laughs> would be. It's like, yeah, the rock does not throw itself. <laughs> the moral of the story is if you can get
2: value from tapping your equipment and you have enough oh, equipment it. in a deck, can yeah. do it. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Okay, this one was surprising to me. A lot of people had mm-hmm. a bunch of confusion surrounding uh, Zendikar Resurgent and a moment in the game where you, well, where we're Simulacrum, comes back for like the 50th time. <laughs> um, well, let's play the clip. Let's play the clip. At the
1: end step, I will flicker, Scholar of the Lost Trove. I will come back to the battlefield. And I'm going to cast the solemn simulacrum from my graveyard. And then I will find a basic land. Put on the battlefield, tapped. Uh, and I'm going to draw two more cards because of these in a card resurgent. And then I will pass the turn to you. I feel like that solemn was just how many lands did you get off that thing? Like 12? Five, I feel like at least five or six, to be realistic. Yeah. And then and I told people drew a think bunch that card's bad. Too. People think you shouldn't play that card anymore. <laughs> Stupid people. I don't know who they are. Well, here's the thing it, it's bad if I only played it. It's not great. Sorry. It's not great if I only played it once. It's okay because it's in the blue-black deck and there's right. not as much, you know, like land-based ramp. Uh, but when you can blank it a thousand times, it gets even better clone it, it, it do whatever you want with it so a lot of people were like jimmy has cheated as he always does he blinked the <laughs> solemn and it was a cast trigger so he should not be able to draw all those cards however i did not blink the solemn if you look at the order of the cards that pop up on the screen i blinked the scholar of the trove which is a new card that allows you to cast an artifact from your graveyard so i'm happy to be in graveyard so i blinked that giving me another trigger to cast from the graveyard and thus i was able to get full value off it
2: yeah zender resurgent is a cast trigger everybody out there is correct He did cast the solemn though, because that's what Scholar of the Lost Trove allows you to do. Good card, especially when you blink it. It is
3: good. I was watching you blink it, and I was like, what card? (laughs) (laughs) What is
2: this? (laughs) Jump what? Start what? Uh, All right. The next thing is Kodama's ability... So I said at the beginning of the show that Kodama was just in my deck mostly to add green to the deck, uh, but it, <laughs> Kodama is very powerful. Yeah. If yes. I built the deck around <laughs> Kodama, it would be a different deck. Yeah. Uh, Kodama's ability is whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability, you may put a permanent card with equal or less lesser converted mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield. So anytime a permanent enters the battlefield on under my control and Kodama's out... I can put something from my hand that's the same CMC or less onto the battlefield. Mm-hmm. This works with lands and rocks mm-hmm. in
1: theory really well. Right. You play a land with Tago out. You get a rock. The rock is, hey, cool. You play this uh, permanent came on the battlefield, and then you can play another land from your hand or a zero CMC card. Which was the plan. I, there's a throwaway line in the episode, but it's pretty quick where I say
2: uh, Tago, or Kodama would trigger, and, but I don't have any permanence in my hand, so it doesn't matter. Um, and that's just the answer to the question of, did I forget about Kodama's ability? The answer is no. It's the fact that, like, by the <laughs> time I got Kodama out, I literally had, like, Roiling Regrowth and, like, another instant or something in my hand and no lands and no way to take advantage of that trigger. And you can see after the Cyclonic Rift, when I do try to rebuild my board before Dying to the Angels, I do get a couple Kodama triggers in there yeah. uh, because I finally have some permanence in my hand. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I knew about it. I wanted to use it,
1: just didn't happen. You were just too enraptured by how beautiful the angels were when you were dying yeah, to them, yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I was like,
2: oh crap! Uh, what do we got? <laughs> just put stuff <laughs> out. Does any of you block flyers? No. Okay. We were like, oh,
1: it's so heavenly.
3: <laughs> I'm dead. That was go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's a pretty good way to go. Right. That <laughs> An angelic field marshal, marshal was murderous. What did do? Yeah. Like forty damage in the game. It was insane. It was yeah. like above ten damage most of the game.
1: Yeah, and you wanted to pump that because Acroma doesn't pump herself. Acroma doesn't. Pump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, turns
2: out flying, always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last two game nights. Flyers? Flyers are just like crushed. Yeah, I got to put in more flying You Forget value. I yeah, yeah, I got way more flyers. i <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the last kind of confusing rules thing that people were wondering about. Um, and this one is kind of unique to multiplayer magic. So there were a number of comments asking why when Jimmy finally was taken out of the game, if you remember, he uh, cast a thrilling encore and got a ton of stuff back. Uh, and most of that stuff was mine. I don't think it, any of it no.
3: Yeah. yours. you got Cyclonic Rift. Yep. Yeah. So all my stuff was in my hand.
1: Yeah, It was all yours. So it was like that nesting oh, and dragon. I Ashaya, so a bunch Ashaya, Ashaya, of my stuff yeah. lived. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a nesting dragon and a few other things and a billion triggers. And uh, people have asked this before, when I leave the game, it's like, well, those are permanents controlled and owned by Josh. Actually, no, they're just owned by Josh. They're not, they're controlled, not controlled by yeah, him. Right. So... Um, there is a rule. Should so we
2: show? The, the question is why oh, right, right, right. Don't, doesn't jo- don't I get my creatures back when Jimmy dies? And I think any time in a multiplayer game when a player is controlling other people's stuff, it can get a little confusing if they get KO'd
1: what happens with the stuff that's actually owned by the other players. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, let's read the rule. Okay, it's rule 800.4a. In case you're wondering, Magic is a complicated game. <laughs> when a player leaves the game, all objects, see rule 109, owned by that player leave the game and any effects which give that player control of any objects or players end. So, so you that might happens be thinking, first.
2: Yeah. So if Jimmy has a control magic effect that's controlling one of Joe's permanents and Jimmy gets taken out, the first thing that would happen is Joe would get that creature back because the control magic effect would go away. In mm-hmm. this case, there's no persistent effect that's giving Jimmy control of stuff. Thrilling Encore doesn't have, like, something that says, if Thrilling Encore leaves the battlefield, give the stuff back. Right,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. Then, if that player controlled any objects on the stack not represented by cards, those objects cease to exist. <laughs> so that's referring to things on the
2: stack, because cards are already gone, so if a card was on the stack, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But now it's like a, a, an ability or something. Let's say he had like a, I don't know, a tim or something, right? Uh-huh. And he timmed, and then in response, somebody killed you your Tim trigger won't still happen. Yeah. You die, everything of yours is off the stack.
1: Okay, and then if there are any objects still controlled by that player, those objects are exiled. This is not a state-based action. It happens as soon as the player leaves the game. Ha, so that's the the real kicker there. I owned objects uh, that were, uh, oh, I was in control of objects that were owned by Josh. However, I wasn't using a control magic or like a Sower of Temptation. So when I left the game, those get exiled immediately and they're gone it works with all kinds of stuff necromantic selections and things like
2: that where mm-hmm. yeah you've you've got control uh sepulchral primordial things like that right yeah, like yeah, yeah you don't just give those back cuz it would be a huge swing sometimes oh
3: my gosh i'm so glad you did yeah right <laughs> back,
1: are you kidding yeah
2: you had nesting <laughs> dragons game, nesting yeah dragon yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the end <laughs> yeah yeah and it wouldn't be fair because it would cause cards to just behave in a, a
1: really weird way right, yeah and my right. effect now benefits you in an extremely powerful way exactly. too yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: Okay, so okay. glad we could clear that up. Oof. All right, let's move. It. That's all the rule-based stuff. Um, thanks, everybody, for the comments and questions about that. Sorry, there was some confusing stuff in there we didn't explain very well. Let's talk about some in-game decision-making moments here. I think one of the things that got talked about a lot in the comments in different ways was how we reacted to Joe's weaver Druid play. Mm-hmm. Joe, do temptation. You wanna, yeah, this, so this is the, the new card that the, it's a tempt card. Do you want to read it, Joe? Yeah, sure. Uh,
4: when, When Root Weaver Druid enters the battlefield, each opponent may search a library for up to three basic land cards. They each put one of those cards onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest onto the battlefield tapped under their control. Then each player who searched this way will shuffle their library. Now we'll play a Root Weaver Druid.
2: Cool. I feel like we need to consult here. Mm-hmm. We'd all get two, and he'd get one. So that's like six lands against three. So that's we not get, that bad. Oh, okay. So he'll get three. We all get we two. We all get
3: two okay. into play.
2: And we can all agree, I think. We can use our extra mana to keep him in check if he starts going crazy. Yeah. So we're all going to take all three? It's a May, I'm so
3: feeling we... tempted.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am tempted. I will go find three basics. I found three islands. Joe, you're going to get one of them, and I'll get two.
3: I found two plains and a mountain. <laughs> Joe, you're going to get a Plains.
2: And I found two forests and a mountain. And Joe, you can have one of the forests, and I'll get the other two.
1: This game just got supercharged. We supercharged. Go.
2: That's right. a cool little card. Yeah. yeah.
1: I like it. Uh, so technically, we're getting more mana than Joe, but Joe also gets a bunch of lands off of a three-mana Root Weaver Druid onto the battlefield under three? his control. It's three mana? Yeah. It's three. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's a tricky decision because if nobody takes it, it's a terrible card. That that
1: This is a 3 mana two 1. And
3: like it doesn't it doesn't feel very good. Um, but also Joe is so far ahead on lands at this point anyway that I mm-hmm. think we were just kind of scrambling to catch up.
1: Yeah, also if only one player takes it, let's say Oof, I'm the only trouble. one that does, I get two lands, Joe gets one that's not great either for you two. Mm. So we're in this weird position where we all like look at each other and go like, should we all take it at the same time? Because that's the best way for us all to get value. Should none of us take it? And then Joe just has to sadly play a two, one for three mana. I mean,
2: it's interesting because let's say Joe wasn't so far ahead in the game. Mm
1: -hmm. Do we react
2: differently? Hmm.
1: If he had a bunch of landfall triggers, I think was the only thing that I was basing my thing around. Yeah. If he had like a ton of like scoot swarms or anything else that cared about landfall and he played this, I'd be like, whoa, maybe then not. Then we're definitely yeah. not doing yeah. it, yeah. right? If have, yeah, if you
3: have mirage, nobody's doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, nobody's yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But what if, you know, we all just generally have like five mana available to us and it's about the same. Do you think we still do it?
3: I think it depends on if you benefit from the game accelerating that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as a Boros player, I, I do pretty well when the game when we're going quickly. The problem is giving a lot of value to other players can can put me behind. So I right. think because it's even i I was fine with it and I'm okay with like you know the game moving faster.
2: I mean, obviously, Joe. When you play the card, you're hoping everybody does it, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. I, I want to get that extra lump ramp in because I can yeah. play more spells. And your deck's built around just like taking advantage of having a lot of lands, which we learned later when yep. he <laughs> plays mana reflection. Man reflection. The yeah. Next turn oh, yeah. oh, right. mana reflection.
5: That. <laughs> well, that's why. Huh. Yeah.
3: It felt bad after that. I think like the correct decision is nobody takes it. Yeah. If you're like yeah. the cor- the correct one, but it's also fun to have more lands.
2: <laughs> I will say it probably turned the dial up on the game in a fun way that ended up being one of the reasons like low key, one of the reasons that this was a really exciting game where everybody had a chance at one point to really explode and be on the precipice of winning. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably a a lot because of the root weaver druid, uh, just giving everybody the chance to be in it. Like nobody felt This was one of the games where, like, not a single player felt like they didn't have the resources to be able to take the game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most normal games of Commander, there's at least one player who's just like, Like, "Eh, they just have six mana when everybody's got 12, you know? It's they are not a real threat to just explode (laughs) and kill and take the game, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I think Rude Weaver Druid, it, if only one player takes it, it's bad. If two players take it, then you're in a better position because at least you're getting two lands for three mana, yeah. which is like on its face, nah, not so bad. But, but one the, land for three then is bad. But the
3: player who didn't take it, take it feels bad. Real bad, yeah. <laughs>
2: I think too, like when this card comes out, you should definitely talk to everybody at the table because mm-hmm. it would be very easy if no one spoke for me to really screw everybody else over by taking the lands when you two not uh-huh. mm-hmm. you yeah. know so you really want to make sure because of the way that you're going to have to choose it right because you, right. you have to choose it in player order probably yeah I'm assuming Usually it goes around the table cards. so yeah just make sure
1: you you talk with your uh, <laughs> with your fellow pod mates <laughs> yeah I, I say this card is great i think in especially like slightly less powered groups too yeah, yeah, for yeah. just yeah. because it's you know, yeah will lead to fun games yeah and if you're a boros player you're almost always oh gonna yeah say i'm yes. happy to say it <laughs> yeah All right, let's talk about
2: the moment, the big moment. One rock to rule them all.
1: Uh, So Jimmy goes to ultimate Tevish Zot. And And probably the worst turn of my life. So let's take a look. Okay, I'm gonna tap Cabal Coffers for four black mana, and then I'm gonna tap, I'm just gonna float all the mana now, so I'll tap the rest of my swamp, so that's gonna be 10 total black mana. I'm going to use Yawgmoth five times. and discard five cards to proliferate five times onto Tevishzat, Doom of Fools.
3: Oh no. That's bad.
1: So Tevishzat is gonna go to 10 loyalty. Yep. Uh, in response,
3: I'm gonna They're
2: throw a at Tevishzat. Oh, no, yeah. oh,
1: Josh,
5: my plans! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gosh, I was gonna steal everything. <laughs> the, the rock! The rock! No! A rock! It all came apart because of one rock.
2: I just like how Tevishad is like phenomenal cosmic power. I am unstoppable. And then Togo just comes along and he's like,
5: "Rock!" <laughs> Ow!
2: That really hurt. I guess I
1: won't take over the world now that was uh five cards discarded yeah well not only that (laughs) but i also was like going way ahead of myself by being like i'm gonna copy Morog. i'm gonna do some other i'm gonna (laughs) play a wayfarer's bobble i'm gonna get all these extra triggers i'm gonna waste my mana before doing the riskiest part of my turn (laughs) i'm not even gonna look around the table (laughs) (laughs) you were so excited i i I, I was i was so excited uh i remember it's it's
2: not in the episode because it took a while but jimmy is just like goes to his turn and he just goes in the tank he's like okay and he's like counting one two three he's like uh, oh I'm just gonna do it you know he just has one of those we're just like do what and he goes copy Morag and we're like what yeah Yeah, that's like step one I remember Rachel and I looked at each other like that doesn't seem very good for you (laughs) but he's like so confident and so excited that we were like uh oh it's gonna be bad whatever it is right?
1: Yeah, I should have done in opposite order I may have had enough man to not have to copy Morag I may have had two more swamps or something to to reploriferate to get back up there uh, or something to get to But I think in general, I should have just not done it. No, you had to go for I it. I should have just looked at your table and been like, there's a rock there. Or been like, hey, Josh, if you don't throw a rock at me, can I do this? Or something, right? like. And, and then he
3: would have been like, no. No, no. I'm
1: down throwing a
3: rock. <laughs>
2: i you do, but take all the commanders.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, you well, know. I
3: specifically take all of these commanders. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Kamal, Jessica, Akroma, alone. Alone, is a whoop, yeah.
1: Plus Kodama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not no. to mention, too, when Tevishot minus 10s, he goes to the command zone, and then he'll bring himself back out. So wow. you can yeah, reuse but, him that yeah. turn. So That's oh. not
2: Oh, yeah, because the trigger's on the stack yeah.
1: and he's, oh my he's gosh. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Because he's paid for <laughs> and it. And you use him again? <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah. I can sacrifice a commander, <laughs> right? it's going to be point. even worse than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, another thing I didn't realize is that I don't have a haste enabler, so I don't know why I was going so crazy with all that stuff too. I could have attacked with the Morog uh, Mirage Mirror and then right. I think one other creature, but that I still think, would have been a lot of damage. I think that was enough, especially with, with Kamal. Kamal. Yeah, so yeah. with Kamal, even well, Yagmok. with
3: Kamal and with Je- with Chroma and, yeah. and Jessica, would have, would have yeah. buffed, and yeah, so you could have killed one person for sure.
1: Definitely the person that threw a rock at me. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that's all happening, I haven't thrown
1: the rock, right? Yeah, it's yeah, true. Right. <laughs> yeah let, that was let, a bummer let's be honest i would
2: definitely have been dying in that case no matter what else was yeah on. <laughs> I, think, I think we did the calculations and you could have
1: taken out two players for sure wow yeah. yeah again jessica kamal morag extra combat. Yeah. yeah everything would i mean obviously if we, right?
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we played Murag correctly right yeah if we played morag correctly because this was another instance where it didn't matter because you couldn't attack where we played the lands before yeah yeah okay cool good job you know what i'm glad you didn't though because it ended up being like the
1: one of the funnier moments in game night's history like well i just like uh, the entire kingdom was toppled by a one pebble (laughs) one rock
3: like (laughs) Like this ultimate combination of Yogmoth and tevish like the two baddies yeah (laughs) and (laughs) the guy who invented rocks (laughs) (laughs) he's like i got this (laughs) (laughs) what's
5: the
1: problem i'm trying to think there's always there's always some movie where like it's just like it looks so dire and then all of a sudden like one person comes back and saves the day with this thing that you're like oh man they b- it's like a Chekhov's gun which yeah. che- it's Chekhov's rock <laughs>
5: well, was that
1: that was, what was, it was definitely
3: like a Samwise Gamgee type yeah of character. there we <laughs> go you know. the all right uh,
2: the next thing that a lot of people were talking about and had questions about Rachel um, and I'm calling this the uneasy alliance at the end of the game I think it's pretty clear that Jimmy and I's boards are pretty big and you're behind yeah um, pretty impressive that from that position you're able to like navigate yourself to a win. Yeah, you kind of had a choice there to to ally with Jimmy or or me, and you ended up choosing to ally with me. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you make that decision over allying with Jimmy against against me?
3: Uh, I thought I could beat you. <laughs> 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 wow, you really went scared of rock. Uh, well, I. Uh, my whole plan at this point is flyers. Like right. that's like this is this is my entire plan. Um, Later out, so. and Gruel is sort of famous for not being able to handle it, and Demir is not. Right. Um, like you were the only person who had a like pointed removal my way. Jimmy Jimmy has the only person who had touched my board basically
1: and i rifted as well
3: and and you had just rifted um and you were at like two life so when you're playing an aggro deck you always benefit from there being fewer players Mm -hmm. just period um so when i'm playing when when i'm playing boros i specifically just want to take out whoever's behind which it doesn't always feel good but also like narrows the chances that you get cyclonic rift.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess the other option is like had Josh and I been like, "Hold up, let's team up together. I'm at two life, right? You have it's one of those situations where it's like I can throw a rock at you at any time to end you. So, do you want to work with me?" Right. So, that could have happened too, and that would have been bad.
3: <laughs> that was <laughs> no. it was sort of at this point where I I think Josh and I were like, "Okay, if Jimmy untaps, we lose." It just was, felt was way too, too risky. Of the feeling. tons the like,
2: cards in his hand. He, yeah, like, who the, the heck knows? Stuff, I just yeah. even him being at 1, I yeah. wouldn't have felt good about like some amount of trickiness getting him out of it
3: yeah, yeah. it's i mean demir is so famous for being flashy and like mm-hmm. interactive and tricksy and he had just done this tevish zot nightmare and we were like just kill it i don't know <laughs> we have a kill chance it. make it stop kill yeah. the fire
2: <laughs> i was just envisioning something where i make a deal with you and then you something happens i try and kill you and with the kill on the stack you're able to take me out Right, yeah. you know, there's just some combination because it's just blue and black and there's definitely the
1: possibility that something like that happens. Yeah. Also, like, I can go out swinging, which is something I am prone to do for sure, you know?
3: Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of ways that could have gone really wrong. Um, and at this point, like, I I had the austere command in hand, so I knew I could handle the scariest parts of Josh's board. Right. that's a good call.
2: All right, speaking of Rachel and the mm-hmm. win here, yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. First ever Boros win on it game feels, nights.
3: Yeah. Nice. How does it feel? It feels great. Um, I love seeing all these new cards that are that are making red and white more powerful. That are giving the card advantage. That are giving it ramp. Um, but I also think that like Boros being successful is so much about playing Boros like a Boros deck. Like if you're playing Boros like a Simic deck, you're gonna lose because <laughs> it doesn't do that. That's my problem. Um right so like it, it just lends itself to a very it's still narrow It's effective, path.
1: Josh. And it does a lot. Yeah. Has a lot of value, but yeah, it yeah. doesn't get it's you the Yeah. It's just dump.
3: different. Like <laughs> I just get
5: killed. <laughs> it, the,
3: the things that Boros does best are very linear and it's about doing a lot of damage fast. Mm-hmm. And it's about um the things that I like about White the most is it is the recursion and resilience, mm-hmm. right? So you can protect your board right. and you can rebuild. Yeah. Um and in this case the vigilance was the reason I I could stay alive in that game. I mean, I think Slayer's
2: stronghold, the haste was a big, big the ha- part of it. The ha- yeah. I think
3: vigilance and haste won that game. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, what about that crown you had on your head? That was that'll pretty do. cool. <laughs> yeah, that looked good too. I forgot card, about that. The
3: card draw there was was really was really quite helpful.
1: I'm just sad that everyone got to wear the crown except for me. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but good job. Yeah. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> okay. So there was a lot of praise as there always is in the comments for the animations in fact uh, well deserved it's become a tradition so let's play the montage of the cool animations from the episode
1: what i want to hear what everyone's favorites was uh oh, mine's i definitely know what mine was i actually screamed at my computer screen when it came up when it happened i was just like
5: oh, ah, ah, whoa!
1: <laughs> I, that was about my reaction it, was, you want man, to say what it was it was reflection okay. yeah nice. oh my gosh yes. reflection Manor, was unbelievable. i was just like <laughs> now we're because normally it's like we're taking the pre-existing art inside the car we're doing some stuff with it maybe we'll add some effects on top but this was like no this is a custom-built animation from the ground up that looks like it's out of, like, a 70s fever dream. and a kaleidoscope. Yeah, kaleidoscope. Gub- so yeah, cool. Gubin- and and was there's great. bits
3: of it that are from the card. It's yeah, like, right. Man, right. yeah. That was very incredible, yeah. yeah. That
1: was super cool.
2: I mean, yeah, I remember Jake and Sam and I were, like, looking at the card, and we we're like, this is one of the most important cards in the game, and we like to animate, like, big, splashy cards, important cards, and we're just like, what do we do with this, though? Because there's not a monster to roar <laughs> or, like, yeah. smash something. It's just sort of too- People looking at each other yeah, yeah. the reflection yeah. sam knocked it out of the park as usual yeah yep. it's great
3: it was super cool
2: do you guys have a favorite anim- animation yes besides that one that beast
4: whisperer commercial was <laughs> man knocked it out the park i was like this i played i played it back like three times i was like this is awesome <laughs>
5: oh, <amazing. laughs>
1: the animation was just josh's mouth this time <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: It's I beast love- fuel. Use it. That's ah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, gosh, uh, I watched just the trailer to the thing just over and over and over again with everybody's commanders. But I think, like, out of out of the commanders my favorite was Devish Zot he's like haunting he was very spooky yeah Um, compared to
1: how silly some like rockers are like I
3: know (laughs) I loved (laughs) (laughs) her which
1: was by the way Patrick's voice I didn't know that Patrick's one of our new editors here that's helping with the SFX yeah he's the uh, the VFX assistant yeah I had no idea it's such a perfect little yell he was Tago
2: too oh nice so evidently he's good with like the goblin type Uh, creatures yeah uh, that's so good Patrick's just a goblin (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, a lot of people love sad robot or song somewhere Yep. I'm yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. We had the whole animation done and it was pretty late in the process that we said he should say I'm sad. <laughs> so sad, so sad. No, yeah. Sad. <laughs> and I think I think Jake came up with the idea that it should sound like Jake's over here. Jake, what did you use for the the robot sound? I looked up speech generator. Ah, uh, a speech
1: generator. Because nice. we were
2: originally going to do a voice thing like we do for most of the other characters. And then it was like, oh, no, but if it sounds like a robot, it's going to be way funnier. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sad. Uh, a lot of praise for the editing. Speaking of Jake, who's right off camera there. Yee. Jake and Murph did a great job editing this episode. A lot of cool story points. This is a tough one to edit because everybody- So
1: much stuff happened. Yeah, this episode, everybody had yeah. their
2: moments. So building all the moments right so that everything has like the proper, uh, you know- Gravitas. Yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. proper beats. Yeah. So great job to Jake and Murph. Um, Speaking of the ads, a lot of praise for the ads. The G Fuel ad with BeastWips got a lot of comments. And I want to say that we have a new person on staff here that's uh, helping us to write a bunch of the ads. It's Jordan Pridgen. So, yeah. And Sean Tiberis is still helping us, but Jordan's kind of our in-house person who's doing – did the – what was it? Night games. Night if game, you saw our yeah. last uh, episode of the Command Zone, we did a little parody of game nights called yeah. Night Games.
1: <laughs> I won. Finally, I won. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he won by sleeping. Yeah, uh,
1: Jordan's great though. He actually uh, DMs a, uh, a a Ravnica themed to Dungeons and Dragons game that I was played with Ashlyn a long time ago as well. So he's very well versed in the Magic world, which makes him very well fit to make very cool inside Magic jokes, which is great. And then a lot of praise for our guests,
2: Rachel and Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, we didn't mention this earlier, and we sort of... We had some footage where it was kind of mentioned, but it never actually made it into the episode. But you two are actually... You know each other in real life. You play the same LGS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, play, we do we play
3: a lot. So Joe playing Gruel was not a surprise. <laughs> did that change
1: how the how you guys played against each other in this game at all? Because you did say some stuff. I don't think it made it into the edit of just like, uh oh, go away. hey, no, this is real. This is a problem. <laughs> yeah, I
3: said. I mean, you you just played an ancient tomb, and there was footage of, of me going, oh no, <laughs> oh no. I'm, I'm sure I said yikes or something in, in the beginning, but it was so bad immediately because I know what he can do with. With a a lot of mana So Right 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 um, Yeah I think I was Definitely like Look I I know what A a deck that That Joe builds Can do And People were definitely in the comments being like, it Feels like you killed Joe too early. And I was oh, like, No. No, oh, no. This is we
4: we've been on this role before. We <laughs>
3: <laughs> if I can take Joe Johnson out of a game, I'm gonna do it. Um he also <laughs> almost just won. Like, yeah. Two yeah, 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 like, yeah. The Chaos Warp saved us for a turn, but it was a turn. He still had Morog <laughs> on yeah. the board and he was doubling landfall abilities. Like <laughs> <Watch> out, <laughs> it world. was yeah. We couldn't let him untap. How yeah. long have
4: you guys known each other? It's been uh couple of years couple of years now yeah. yeah
3: i've been in la 2 years so yep. oh, and cool. i and i started going to rlgs Pretty soon after that. So, yeah, yeah we've, been, we've been playing multiplayer for, like, two years together.
2: This is just a coincidence, by the way. When I reached out to Rachel and I was like, hey, do you want to be on the show? We're having Joe back. I don't know if you saw his episode. She's like, no, I know Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, perfect. I think people
1: got that there was, like, a, like a chemistry there, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I kind, kind of feel it, which is great. She's like, I know Joe. I've seen Game Nights. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's great having two people that are entertainers as well. You do stand-up. You're obviously an actor. So, like, I think having that energy in the interview room really leads to cool significant moments normally when someone gets knocked out of a game they stop commenting but if you guys watch this episode you'll notice that joe still has a lot of really funny fun things to say even though he's out of the game and so i think that's always great to see it's like the acting when when the camera's off. When you the right? camera's off.
4: Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Keep, keep feeding everybody else. You know I mean? yeah. <laughs> right. Be a good right. scene partner,
2: <laughs> Joe. Do you want to talk about where people can find you or where they can see you? Um, you know, if they're looking for you online or, or on TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, I just made a Twitter. So <laughs> yay! <laughs>
4: finally, twenty years later. Uh, At <laughs> uh, BlackNito underscore uh, same thing on Instagram, and you can check me out on IMDb, uh, Joseph H Johnson Jr.
1: If you Google it. Should come up. <laughs> and all those links will be in the show notes as well. Or rewatch we the episode and see that awesome reel of all yeah. of his shots from movies. And
4: Orville. Stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah also, I love that show. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Also, I saw a shot in an episode of Good Girls uh that'd be coming out pretty soon. So. Oh, nice. That's
3: so exciting. Yeah. That's very awesome.
2: cool. And Rachel, how about you? where's Where can everybody find your stuff?
3: uh Yeah, I am the co host of a Comedy Commander podcast called The Commander Sphere uh, with my co host, Dan Sheehan, who's hilarious. um And I also play live D every Monday at 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific in a spelljammer inspired campaign called better than heroes mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we, we do D&D things but we're on a big golden ship in space it's great <laughs> the Orville <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
5: exactly. Exactly.
1: Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram oh, I believe it's the yes. same tag
3: uh, yeah they're both Wachel Reeks uh, which is my name with my initials yep. flipped it's hilarious oh can we do that for Joe's <laughs> name
1: <laughs> oh, darn it's still just Joe Johnson still,
2: still, still J&J yeah <laughs> Uh, all right, so all those links again for Rachel will also be in mm-hmm. the show notes uh, if you just click down below the video. Thanks so much, everybody, for being on this. Thanks yeah. for being on Game Nights. I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Yeah, yeah. Down. It was such a pleasure. This is awesome. So fun.
5: Thanks for having us.
2: <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Before we go, big shout-out to our sponsors, cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. Listen, Commander Legends is pretty sweet. I think you can tell. Uh, I'm very excited about this set. The extra turns that either already came out or is about to come out, is gonna show it off even more. There's just so many cool cards you wanna get from that set. So cardkingdom.com slash command zone is the be- best place to go to order your magic product, your single, your singles, anything at all.
1: Hot singles in your area. (laughs) (laughs) Cargame.com slash command zone. We got them all. I was going to make that joke, but I was like, no. But the Jimmy's like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, we've been doing this for too long, (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you're going to buy Magic cards anyway. Just use our affiliate link when you do. It really does help out all of our content. Yep. And, of course, the direct way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. They could watch the episode with Joe and Rachel a day early. So they got to get the glory of this episode far beforehand. And also, uh, you know, we get to, they get to see it ad-free. So sorry, no Beast Whisperer for them. But they also get to see extra turns a day early. So maybe you are actually seeing it before everyone else. And of course, we're on Discord. You can talk to Josh and I on there as well. All right, everybody. All right. right. Thanks again for coming in. And uh, thanks for watching. See you next time. Later. Peace.
0: That's A-N-G-I dot com.
6: You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today.